Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Chad. So believe it or not, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I have found some joy in waking up at 4.30 in the morning to work out at 5. It sounds ridiculous because if you've listened to this podcast, then you know that sleep is my hobby. It is my favorite thing to do. It is my number one ministry. And yet the only way that I can fit in working out and showing up in my life is if I get up earlier. So one night, it was the night right before my kids were starting school again after spring break. My daughter Ella wakes up in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning and she's not going back to sleep, which means that when it is time for me to box, this girl is going to be up. So I'm like, I can either cancel boxing or I can bring her with me. I make the decision to bring her with me. Terrible decision, but that's how committed I am. So we're sitting in the boxing class and of course she's like wanting to learn how to box and she's got her arms up and she's moving her feet and he's trying to teach her how to swing a punch. But every time she's throwing a punch, she's like turning her whole body. The momentum of the punch is knocking her off course finally I'm like Ella you've got to really station yourself here and just move your arms she was giving it all of her might but she kept getting in her own way that's what it feels like sometimes when we're going through life you talking about struggle bus I'm trying to swing at this decision I'm trying to swing at this job opportunity I'm giving it all of my might but I just keep getting in my own way this pattern this self-sabotage that shows up in our life is not something that we do on purpose. Most of the time it's rooted in thoughts, experiences, projections that have changed the way that we see ourselves, our potential, and sometimes even others. There's a guy in the Bible named Samson who had so much potential 
so much strength, but he too kept getting in his own way. When we recognize that there is a pattern that is standing in the way of us becoming the best version of ourselves, we have a responsibility to make sure that we reintroduce a new pattern. When I think about my conversation with Taylor Madu, that's exactly what comes to mind. I think about a woman who recognized her pattern at an early age and is actively choosing to reintroduce a new pattern. This conversation is going to be so pivotal for someone who has found themselves trying to undo the things that get us stuck and introduce a pattern that keeps us open, aware, empowered, strengthened, and encouraged to become all that we can be. I'm so excited about how this conversation is going to bless you, so I don't want to delay it any longer. Let's go and let's help you get you out of your way. You have a motto I'm obsessed with. What is it? You don't know your motto? They know, put, what is it? I'm like, wait, what is it? I'm going to spend the, the rest, rest of, of my life making people feel less broken. Where did this come from? My story. Mm. My story, yeah. So um, my story, it's actually interesting because it's a lot like your story. Really? You probably don't know that. I don't. I yes. don't know anything about know, you. So we're meeting for the first yes. time, everybody. <laughs> In front we, of everyone with an we, audience. But we have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. And everyone has told me that I would love you. Well, They're here like, we go. They love Sarah. Now we're about to first date so in front the, of a whole podcast audience. Pressure, okay, right? let's do it. <laughs> no, so when I was 17, I got pregnant out of wedlock. Mm. Uh, my father was an evangelist. So I grew up PK. And um, heard about the Savior my whole life, right? Um, attended church, faithful in the church. Um, and then all of a sudden I hit rock bottom, make a bad decision, get pregnant out of wedlock, small town, everyone's talking about it. Um, but I say that because um, Christmas Eve of 2005, I gave birth to my baby boy um, who was stillborn. Wow. So um, he was, I was eight and, a, eight and a half months, no, was it seven and a half, seven, 32 weeks, so whatever that is, um, held my baby boy for 18 and a half hours. And it was in that moment um, when I held him in the hospital room that I said, okay, I've heard about this Jesus my whole life. Um, here I am in the valley of the shadow of death. And I, I can't, um, I don't really know what's next, but I know that now it's time to walk out what I've always sung about, heard about, um, preached about myself as a teen. Um, and God met me there. Mm. And it was in that brokenness that I decided the way that Jesus um, exposed himself to me in the valley, um, I want. I wanted to be that for others, right? And so that's my life message: grace, 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 grace. That's like a loaded thing on the front end of this podcast. It's fine. We it's go like, deep. We boom. go fast. <laughs> like there you go. Everything's fine. We go deep. We go fast. Yes. I enjoy this. Yes. Okay. So I can only imagine. First of all, do people ask you the ignorant question? They always ask me, like, how does the daughter of so and so end up pregnant as a teenager? You know what? Um, I think it was a shock for everyone, but I don't know. It was like, it wasn't as, for me, as hard as what you would think it would be. Mm. Um, I, and I think that came from the security that my parents gave me. Yeah, I loved that they actually didn't just preach about grace, mm. but they covered me in a moment where it was very, it was very shaming, yeah. right? Um, and I've known a lot of people to, who are believers to you know, cover it and hide it in some way, For sure. you know, but they were like, you know what? You made a mistake. 
um, the baby is not the mistake, and God has a plan and purpose for your baby, mm-hmm. and we're going to rally around you, and we're going to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. And so I think their confidence in the Lord yeah. and loving me past my failure and my shame is what allowed me to rise up to um, knowing that God is a God that makes all things new. Okay, He's a God that makes all things new even when I mess up and I am a failure. Um, and so I think their confidence— instilled in me a confidence, right? Mm-hmm. That I didn't even know I had until I was forced to tap into it. Yeah. And I found it there. So it's very interesting because he has a PK. Yeah. But it wasn't as hard as what I thought it, thought it would be. So what do you think the plan and purpose of your baby boy's life was? Man, that's a good question. I've yeah. actually shared my testimony for 17 years and no one has ever asked me mm. that. Um, you know what? I was trapped... So growing up um, in the ministry, um, Hale was just fighting our family, right? So my parents divorced when I was seven, and my mom, um, her journey of addiction began. She was my superhero, right? She could do no wrong. My dad was traveling the world preaching Jesus, powerful, right? So it was it was an honor to share him with the world, as you would know. Yeah. And um, But while he was traveling the world, my reality was I was at home and my mom was drifting away alive, but not like living, mm-hmm. right? So um, addiction is very hard, you know, yeah. especially when it's your superhero. So overnight, our little family um, is really destroyed, torn apart. And then now all of a sudden, my mom's addiction starts. And so um, that caused a lot of brokenness in me, a lot of voids in my heart. Um, didn't realize it was happening, but then, you know, day in, day out, year after year, all of a sudden, um, it led me into a relationship, and that was filling a void. Yeah, um, it was great, and it it filled a void, but really, it was leading me to death. Mm-hmm. It was it was terrible, and I think from there, I would have stayed in that. Um, I loved hard. I'm a, I'm a lover. Like I'm loyal. Uh, one of the things that I've learned in therapy, I'm a, the queen of therapy. I mm-hmm. love therapy. Um, my counselor, I said, I don't know why I stayed in this relationship because it was so dysfunctional. I never knew why I kept going back. And what she told me really transformed my life. And she said, I, I was trying to be for him what yeah. I had so long for someone to be for me. And that was like present. I'm not going to leave you. I'm, I'm, I believe in you. Um, you know, because of the shattering of the divorce and my mom's addiction, um, I felt like I was never enough. And so I was trying to do for someone what I longed for someone to do for me, which kept me in this dysfunctional relationship, right? And so the pregnancy really just made me wake up to what I was doing, like, what the heck, Mm -hmm. right? But then I I really did believe God had a plan and purpose despite my failures. Um, But losing Micah, I named him Micah Mm -hmm. because it means God's mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And I committed him to the Lord that day. And my name is Micah. And I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life making people feel less broken, Mm -hmm. whether it's like coffee, whether it's on a podcast. I mean, there weren't even podcasts then, you know, whether it's in arenas, like whatever that looks like. My mission is to tell of this Jesus that met me in the lowest part of my life. And I feel like it was a rescue mission. Mm. I really do believe, even though it was so painful. Yeah. it was a moment where I learned Jesus in a way um, no one else could, no one could take that from me. And I don't even think anyone could teach me that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I said, I was raised in ministry, so I'd heard my whole life about this Jesus, but it was something about that moment in the hospital bed holding my baby um, where he revealed himself in a different way. And that's, I feel like that's what has carried me into who Taylor is today. So Micah was rescued, mm-hmm. you know, from me, from. Yeah 
not doing things right, um, rescued from most likely not having his father in his life. Yeah. Um, and God has, I've spent the rest of my life, I've, I've been spending my life in, gosh, for 17 years now, um, undoing, unbecoming who mm-hmm. I was becoming mm-hmm. and trying to become who God has called me to be. Yeah. Um, I haven't arrived, still learning, still growing, still trying to figure it out. But I mean, it was that moment that I feel like I learned Jesus in a new way, which will carry me all the days of my life, you know? I've, I would define self-sabotage as actively playing a role in your own demise. Mm-hmm. And it's so subtle, though, because when we are actively playing a role in our own demise, that role that we're playing also brings with it a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are dysfunctional relationships, even addiction, like there is something that we are receiving Mm -hmm. from whatever role we're playing, even Mm -hmm. though it's leading to us having levels of self-sabotage. It sounds like you broke covenant with that decision to comfort yourself, even Mm -hmm. if it came at the risk of Mm -hmm. dysfunction. From there, like, how does your story unfold? Like, how do you go from the girl who's trying to help herself, heal herself, into someone who completely surrenders? Like, we never make any, well, I'm sh- obviously you made mistakes, but like, did you ever have moments where you questioned yourself or where you fell back into that pattern after the pregnancy, after you gave birth to your son? Yeah, actually, yeah. So one thing I've learned about following Jesus is that he'll call you to do things that uh, actually will crush you. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing was actually leaving behind those that I love so deeply. Mm-hmm. And not just like specifically with that relationship, but yeah. everyone connected to that the person, life. right? Yeah. And it was a life, yeah. I felt called to these people. Um, I would give my life for these people. I also felt, um, I feel like I've almost, um, I almost carry the savior complex, mm-hmm. like being someone's hero. Hero is what also empowered me and kept me in things because I just wanted to rescue people. Yeah. I wanted to love people. I wanted to prove I'm never going to leave you. And that comes from my childhood, right? So I think leaving behind those people and telling them God is calling me here, yeah. like it didn't make sense to them. Like they couldn't comprehend what do you mean God's calling you and like I'm never going to talk to you again. Yeah. That was hard. But I knew that I had to A, release and trust God with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not their savior. He is. And so God is calling me here, so I'm going to have to cut, cut this off and just move forward and trust that He's working on their behalf, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest challenge is that um, through therapy and through just growing and maturing um, as a believer, there are things that God does in an instant. He'll do it. He's able to deliver you in a moment. Absolutely. Um but also God is a God of process. Right. And so I literally, the first two to three years, I would move forward and then I'd move backwards. Mm-hmm. Two to three years is strong. I would say probably the first year mm. I would war. I would um, go back to my hometown and I would, and it was like so tempting because it would fill that void still, right? Um, there was a moment though that I shared my testimony at CFNI where I went to college. And that's actually the night my husband was there okay. in the room. So he was the guest speaker, another college student. Mm-hmm. It's like the sweetest story, right? But he was in the room. I'm always like, thank you, Jesus, that you allowed him to hear my junk and my crap. <laughs> right, right at my the beginning. Crap at the beginning, so he knew, mm-hmm. right? I was like, you know what I'm about. So like, <laughs> make sure that you're ready, right? And so uh, with that being said, you know, I think that put a different level of responsibility 
on me that I've now shared my story. So now I got to hold up to that story. But there were definitely moments where I was tempted to go backwards. Um, But I think just through the grace of God, and I I will scream to, you know, top of my lungs, how much therapy has transformed my life. Mm. He's a wonderful counselor. Yeah. You know, that's who Jesus is. And so you hear, you know, we sit and listen to preachers, which is amazing, right? right? We listen to podcasts. We li- we read books, which is amazing. But I would say sitting across a table with someone who literally will keep the ugliest parts of me, like there's nothing to her benefit. Yeah. Peggy is her name. Shout out, Peggy, my, my queen. <laughs> She is literally, she's walked with me for 15 years. Wow. And she's seen the ugliest parts of me. And I think the the lies that I believe, when they stay hidden, the enemy just has a heyday on that. But it's something about speaking out what I think I've aligned myself to, and then someone speaking truth, what does the truth do? It sets us free. And so I've spent, what, 15 years trying to be free, yeah, you know? And there's still moments where even in my marriage or moments of mothering, parenting, um, I'll, oh, I need to, I need some healing there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's why I think this um, idea that we've arrived and it's like everything's going to be good, I think until the only time we've arrived is when we get to heaven and everything's perfect. But until then, it's like, I think there's a war in our mind. Um, there's a war in our hearts and, um you got to figure out what works for you. And for me, it's been Jesus. Yeah. You know, for me, it's been therapy. For me, it's been dying to self, bathing my life, spending a life of prayer in the Word of God. Um, so, yeah. I thought you said you wanted to read more this year. Listen, I'm not minding your business, just holding you accountable. But sis, I get it. Adulting is raggedy and life barely gives us enough time to pick up a book, let alone read it. But since y'all are my homegirls, I've done the legwork. All you have to do is pull up on the Woman Evolve Book Club. There are two ways to join the Woman Evolve Book Club membership. It provides a monthly book box that includes your book and a special gift. Whereas the digital content membership says bring your own book in any format and Come kick it with us. Both memberships include digital reading guides, reflection prompts, a custom playlist, and access to an exclusive Facebook group. Need I say more? Child, tell a friend to tell a friend that we be clubbing. Sign up at womanevolvebookclub.com by June 10th to receive July's book and save $5 off your first monthly subscription by using promo code READ. That's R-E-A-D, READ. I'm excited to have you join us on this journey and we'll be looking for you in our Facebook community. Okay, so I have like 3,000 questions I want to ask you. I feel like I'm talking too much, so just tell me to stop. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to ask all three of them, and then you can just pick them up, and I'll find the rest of them. I want to know what happened with your mom, How did what happened with her story of addiction. I want to know when you're having these moments, and you're like, I need some healing there, like... I want to know what the alternative is to mm-hmm. if I don't heal this, then what? Mm-hmm. And I want to know your love story. So, like, where are we starting? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? What great questions. I'm just, I'm <laughs> what here are we for doing, this, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's see. Um, my mom, my mom is, you know, I think you have to find the beauty. Um, I love my mom. And there's so many things that I do in my, you know, my role now as a mother of three. 
I'm like, oh, I'm doing this because of my mom, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she taught me this, like, gardening, planting flowers, going outside, animal. I love animals. Do you like animals? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, girl, you ain't about it, so. <laughs> I like to eat them Listen, sometimes. I, I was looking normal. literally up goats this morning. Goats? Literally goats. I had okay. a baby goat. Literally. <laughs> Margaret is for sale, okay? And I was like, babe, I really want to go. He, like, gets mad at me. <laughs> literally so mad. Because I have a guinea pig, too. Nice. I had a squirrel. I rescued a squirrel. I'm literally dead. How does someone There's have so a squirrel, many things Taylor? About. I'm concerned. <laughs> no, what? I rescued a squirrel. What's it, like, when I told you, I'm going to send them. I said, no one's going to die on my watch. You okay, hear me? there it is. So I'm going to rescue right. everybody. <laughs> A squirrel. Fell off in the a tree, cage. Girl, my dog got it. It was a baby. I Jesus. went and took it in, bottle okay. fed it, and it, his name's Sonny, and he's actually a whole thing. Is he out into the world, or he's he still is, with you? We, yes. It, for, he lived with us nine months. And then you just released your... It was very hard. It was devastating. I he bet. actually got out of the cage. Really? It was oh, a whole story. Like we're going to do a whole video about it. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Okay. There, there's that thing I'm talking about again mm-hmm. where I like to rescue. Yeah, yeah, squirrels. That, that's, but you know what? It's beautiful. <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> I feel like you're either, you're either for it or it like makes people feel uncomfortable. Like, they're like, I'm, I don't I'm really understand. I'm for it as long as you don't ask and they stay at my house. Like, baby, do what you need Robert, to do. Literally, <laughs> for Robert. Sure. He's like, for real? <laughs> no, so wait, where was I going with Your that? mom. The, my mom. The goats rescue. and yes. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> Okay, so my mom rescued this girl when I was little, so there, there's that. No, but there's so many great things about her and qualities that I love and that I want to carry um, carry on. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's what we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. as pastors, there's expectation of perfection, leaders, public figures, whatever you want to call it. There's just, like, this expectation. I think as parents, like, as children looking at our parents, there's an expectation of perfection. And now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh, my gosh, please don't hold that against me. Right. Please don't hold against me that I just yelled and told you to shut up and you're seven. Yeah. It's a reality, right? Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I always say, Lord, where I lack, like, your grace fills the gap. And, yeah. like, once again, I'm mom. I'm not Savior. You're mm-hmm. Savior. So I try to take myself off that pedestal and, you know, and release that pressure. Um where my mom is at now on a journey, okay. you know, there's been moments where I've been like, yes, like, you know, she's gotten out of rehab and we celebrate and it's just like incredible. I think it's her journey, her story. Sure. Um, I love her with all my heart. She's my mom and I always try to honor her um, in everything that I do, you know, so it's not easy, but also um, another day with her. It's like a gift because she shouldn't be here. Yeah. A lot of reasons. She'll she'll openly talk about, you know, just different moments of suicide or, you know, all the things that comes with addiction. Yeah. It's hard. Um, but it's also just another element. I, I'm huge on empathy. Yeah. Huge on it. Like the moment people walk in a room and they've I don't know, they don't acknowledge the other people in the room. They've arrived. They're too good to say hello. I, I don't know. It's something about those broken parts of my life that have allowed me just to see people. Yeah. I want to see people. Mm-hmm. I never want to get too big where I don't see people. I want to love people. Um, I believe in the message of grace and the cross was enough. Why? Because I have been so broken and I've seen so many people in my life, everyone in my life, if we're honest, yeah. all of us, we're all jacked up. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that's given me. So in the hardships, I also have such a, an appreciation because it's kept me just at at His feet. Like, Lord, I'm 
I'm nothing without you. Yeah. I need you today. I need you. I can't do this without you. This is hard. It's like that thorn, right? But it just keeps me leaning to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It keeps me leaning into who He is, which to me is the greatest gift. Right. Because I can't do it, and I don't want to do it without Him. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question. It but did. Yeah. It answered it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a beautiful lens to offer people mm-hmm. who have relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. I won't even say complicated relationships because I think that angle of empathy Mm -hmm. is necessary, not just when we look at others, but also when we look at ourselves, which is why I wanted to ask you about that. You know, oh, I need some healing there Mm -hmm. because I have those moments where it's usually in hindsight, it's not in the moment, (laughs) but in reflection, I'm like, that was probably not the best version of yourself Uh and we should dig into that. But there are moments where I also feel shame Mm -hmm. about those moments. Mm -hmm. Like, man, how did you mess this up? Or what were you thinking there? So I wanted know though from a different angle so because a lot of people can look at those moments where it's like I need healing there and say this is just how I am Mm -hmm. and if it hasn't changed by now maybe it's not going to change but I think part of what inspires me to pursue healing is looking at the alternative if I don't heal this then Mm -hmm. what's going to happen what scars are my children going to possess who am I going to be when Mm -hmm. I look myself in the mirror those little things that we let slide become easier and easier to live with unless we arrest them Mm -hmm. and so in those moments I'm wondering maybe you can give me an example of something that happened recently where you're like I need some healing there like what is the alternative to not healing well i think for me it's that i am submitted to christ Mm. before any role that someone's supposed to play in my life like it doesn't matter what they do like i'm submitted to christ and what he says so for example one day i don't even know how old i was but i went on a 21 day fast for my mom's breakthrough like i was probably 22 no food just desperate like please god please And um, and then I remember it was on the 21 day, we had like a worship night. Uh, she came into the room. She struggles with a lot of anxiety and depression. Uh, that's on my mom's side of the family. And I remember looking out and I was like, I know, like 21 days, Lord, I know yeah, you're about to answer. It. It's this the exchange, it, yeah. right? So like I do this, you do this, mm-hmm. you know? I look out and she she's not there. She left. It was too much for her, you know? And I just remember feeling like, oh, like, what else do I have to do? Like, yeah. And so frustrated. And I remember um, almost there was a moment where I had an opportunity to honor her or dishonor her. My flesh wanted to, to not necessarily intentionally dishonor, but just like, I'm over it. It's yeah. too much for me. It's too hard. Um, it's not fair. Like, I shouldn't have to play this role. Like, you're, you're my mom, you know? But um, in that moment, God said, I didn't like ask you to honor your father and mother, like if she performs the way you want her to perform, Mm. like I tell you to honor her because that's my word. And so you're submitted to me, honor her. Mm. And so I think that's what I have to do is like always keep in front of my right here. Like I'm submitted to Christ. So it comes out even in my marriage, right? So if my husband does, I had this whole thing about submission and it's like a thing, right? Women submitting to men. And I'm like, I don't submit to my husband if if he performs the way I want him to perform. Mm. Like I do. God listen, you're like, you're, <laughs> listen, break it down, honey. Go ahead. Go ahead, girl. Cause I know the people the girl, the people want to hear it. Go ahead, girl. Listen. No, but go ahead. Go ahead, girl. Talk about it. 
Well, you know, Taylor, I've been married twice. So so my experience is a little different. Mm-hmm. So I do, I've, I struggle with the notion of when brokenness has yeah, yeah. initiated a marriage, mm-hmm. trying to apply a biblical godly mm-hmm. standard to a marriage that mm-hmm. God didn't build, yeah. built becomes um, impossible. Yeah impossible and so in my marriage with my husband because I know that God ordained our marriage because I know that God has blessed our union even when he is not acting in the way that I would agree with or I would think that he should act because I know that the Holy Spirit can convict him then it is easier for me to submit to him I I let him know I don't exactly submission is not silence it's looking like the Lord may need to deal with you a little bit today and he will let me know too when the Lord needs to deal with me but um, my husband's incredible and there's never been a time where he's been off kilter and he not been able to catch it Mm -hmm. but yeah that's gross no but I love that too because that was so many people's questions Mm -hmm. like how do I submit if I'm in a toxic relationship and I don't think just because you submit doesn't mean that you tolerate Yeah, you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like to me it's like it's the law of God this is what we do but that doesn't mean that you're going to agree on everything Yeah, you have to tolerate everything to me it's not in the sense of like okay you could treat me However, I can say an, abu- an abusive relationship, right, yeah. like all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say submitting, even in leadership, yeah. me and him, we co-pastor. Yeah, that's different. there's things that he does, and I'm like, oh, I'm having a hard time. But it's like, okay, okay, like I trust your leadership, right? Super hard, yeah, you know. Um, so I say that because I try to apply that in my in every relationship. Yeah, people offend me, okay. Like, doesn't mean that I don't create boundaries. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, all that to say is I try to keep a godly perspective, which is like so cliche, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it is the only thing that carries me through. Yeah. You know? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, a personalized sleep experience for more restful nights and wakeful days. Let me tell you something. Sleep is my superpower. We all want to feel ready to conquer our day when we wake up. But when you've got a lot on your mind, it's tough to get the rest you need. Luckily, my friend recommended the Better Sleep app for when I find it hard to sleep at night. It has given your girl all the energy and momentum to handle whatever comes my way. With over 200 soothing sounds and a range of smart features to help users sleep faster, deeper, and for longer, Better Sleep is my go-to for improved rest. I recently customized my sleep mix with brown noise and river audio tracks. Better Sleep is backed by plenty of experts and a whole lot of science. Business Insider says it's one of the most positively reviewed apps in the history of the Apple Store. So pick up your phone now to download it. When you sleep better, you feel better. Improve your quality of life in as little as one week. Download Better Sleep from your App Store or Google Play. That's Better Sleep on the App Store or Google Play. I'm, I am, yeah, you're, you're inspiring. <gasps> am I? <laughs> you are. No, you're inspiring. No, you. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, I think that there's this, I think, fine line for me of 
Make it, you know, I started Woman Evolve Podcast because Eve was my homegirl and that know better but don't do better. Like I resonated with that thing. And, you know, but we don't stay there. We move from there. And so um, the ability to keep that at the forefront of every decision is something that requires me to come to a place of stillness Mm -hmm. and really living, to your point, this really surrendered and submitted lifestyle Mm -hmm. to becoming more and more like Jesus ultimately. Mm -hmm. And how can I allow God to show up in these moments? But when I am stressed Mm -hmm. and when I am tired, I am in my full Eve regalia. Yes. Put leaves on my head. She's in the garden. Not me. I need to Google your your vocabulary is everything. <laughs> is I'm like, it? what? Like, that's not, what's that mean? She's just Girl, Eve, she's giving. about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, you're inspiring me. Okay. So you're not, so smart. No. You're literally so smart. <laughs> what? No. Okay, I, need a, I need a dictionary. Okay, listen, Taylor, listen, don't make it what awkward. A queen. Okay. Um, <laughs> Questions. Yes. You're married. Yes. To the love of my life. To the love of your yes, life. Yes, girl. How did this happen? It's the sweetest story, actually. Yes. Get popcorn. Okay. Get ready. I'm going to try to make it short, too. So um, it's so interesting because so when I I had packed up everything, right, in Eldorado, Arkansas, ready to move to CFNI, I was like, I know I'm called to ministry. I got Which is Christ for the Nations. Yeah, Christ for okay, the Nations. Okay, just for yeah. people who don't know. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So Christ for the Nations. And I was like, I have to, I had seen the worship. It was when Carrie Job and Klaus, like all of them were there. And it was just like, I'd never seen worship like that. Right. So I'm like, I got to get there. Mm -hmm. Like I got to get there. So I pack up everything, enroll there. Um, I, I I knew that I needed to get out of the relationship that I was in, because small town, if I'm going to the stoplight, I mean, listen, oh, I had my first Starbucks when I moved to Dallas. I had only seen like, we had Applebee's Mm -hmm. and we had a Walmart and we would go to Walmart to hang out. So that's how I grew up. Right. So everywhere I went, he was there. I'm like, how am I supposed to heal? How am I supposed to, you know, get away from this if I don't just completely move, right? So I packed up my bags, found a friend, and she was like, you can just live with me. We got to get you out of there. You can start school in like three months, but we just got to get you out. So pack up everything. I have a car wreck. Ends up, that's whenever in the car wreck, my car's totaled. That's when I found out I was pregnant within that, Mm. right? So... um. All that to say, fast forward. Wait, where am I at in the story? I'm like, I'm making this too long. Fast forward, ends up, lose the baby, all of that. End up at CFNI, right? Um, oh, this is where I was going with that. So whenever I was out visiting my friend, she tells me, there's a guy that I want you to meet. And I'm like, there's, I can't even think straight. There's no way I need another guy to look at. She's like, no, he loves Jesus. He's so handsome. I feel like y'all would be great together. I'm like, no, 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 don't even worry about it. Then I found out I was pregnant, all that, right? So fast forward, eventually move and go to Christ for the Nations. The night um, I share my testimony, so that we pre-recorded testimonies, probably like 10 people. Adam McCain, he goes in and he picks for this Tuesday night experience the testimony that he wants. So out of 10 people, he's like, I want hers played tonight, so is mine. So Eddie James was supposed to speak Mm -hmm. that night. His bus breaks down. So in the meantime, they're like, we need another speaker. Someone in the meeting's like, hey, there's like a college student. His name's Robert Madu. He's really good. He is a college student, but they don't have to know that type thing. Bring him in. He speaks. The night he speaks is the night my testimony plays. Wow. My friend who's in the room to support me, she's like, oh my gosh, do you remember the guy that I've been wanting to hook you up with when I was pregnant and didn't know it? 
This is two years later. She's like, that is the guy that I was trying to hook you up with. Wow. And I'm like, what? You know, and I'd never seen anything like him. I was just so like mesmerized, small town girl, just mm-hmm. like, he's so handsome and like he dresses so well and he's got it all together, you know. And so we end up going on a blind date, um, IHOP. Nice. I had only seen IHOP on TV. <laughs> you hear me? So I was like, yes, IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> And so we go, I was so nervous. Like I'd barely talked because there was like a pressure. Everyone was looking. I'm like, and it was not me, but it is what it is, whatever. Later, I was working at Express Retail. He comes in. We were talking on MySpace, all that. And that's kind of where the journey started. We dated six years. Wow. Which was, we dated six years. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole, that's a whole little story. That sounds like a whole long story to me. Girl, we did episode two and three, okay? No, so yeah, we dated on and off for six years, which was really good, Mm -hmm. really, really good. Really hard, yeah, but like super good for myself and for him. Um, His background versus my background, like totally different, right? Which is why I thank God brought us together. I mean, is it for the obvious reasons or is it like totally different? No, not for for the obvious reasons. Yeah, no, just like the way. What's funny is I grew up in ministry. Mm -hmm. My family's jacked, but we're like, but at the same time, my family's the best family. Like, yeah. but we're like wild. Mm-hmm. We're all like in your face, passionate. Like there was so much in my childhood, but like also like the best people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I will say that. And then his family, like just perfect. Mom and dad married forever. Like yeah. literally the sweetest people on the planet. And just, he just only saw really like healthy, right? Mm-hmm. He, I don't even think he ever saw his parents argue. And I'm like, wow. I was in court and cop cars were at my house every week. So how does that feel? (laughs) How does that feel? (laughs) And so, man, we, you know, we, it was, that's what I mean by even just the fact that God would allow him to see my junk before. Yeah. Because he, he, and he even talks about it. His standard of what he expected in a wife was like here Mm -hmm. and like no one no one could reach that. Mm. So finally, after six years, it, but it was like God working in me. Like yeah. I looked at him, I said, listen, and we'd, we share it openly. It's actually really funny. Like six years, there's always going to be someone prettier than me. Mm. There's always going to be someone more talented than me that has a you know better, more perfect, probably story upbringing. Yeah, my parents are divorced. Yes, I got pregnant out of wedlock. Do I love Jesus? Yes. Yeah. And do I know that there's not another Taylor Madu or Taylor Mitchell at the time? Yeah, so if you don't know if you want to be with me by six years, you probably don't want to be with me. So delete my number out of your phone and leave me alone. Three, two months later, ring on my finger. So Mm. I said, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, but it was like, but he needed that. I needed to learn the confidence. Like at the end of the day, because once again, that loyalty, I'm not going to leave you. So like, oh yeah, like, you know what you want? It's okay. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. And I looked like an idiot. You know, mm -hmm. I know it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I did, but he, but at the same time, he knew my heart. He knew me and I had to get, God was working um, in me and creating that boldness and that confidence Mm -hmm. that only comes in connected to the father. And so it took six years to get there, but I will say that's the beauty of that. I'm like, dang, I finally did. Like, And I'm a strong woman. I'm a very strong woman and confident. But when it came to relationships, I had a hard time, Mm -hmm. which once again connected to my back uh, story. But um, he had to lower his expectation of like this like perfect person. Mm -hmm. It just, I'm like, perfectionism, I can't do it. Yeah. I'll never, and even, like I told you earlier, pastoring, like if you come in here, if you come to Social Dallas, and you are expecting this as a preacher, like, please, 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 please take me off. I love Jesus, yes, but 
I may say a cuss word whenever mm-hmm. I get upset. Like, I love Jesus. Yeah. Like, he's my everything, but I'm not perfect. And yeah. so I had to get to that place of like, I'm not going to live up to that perfection because it's not realistic. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't right. need a Savior. So anyways, now married, gosh, 11 years, three kids. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And we're still just like made for each other. And we still have moments where it's like, dang, like I'm a like fireball and he's more introverted and like, you know, but we we know, especially planning a church and just seeing the way God has used us together. It's like, dang, we were made for each other, mm. you know? This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Who am I called to be in this season? That's a question I like to reflect on from time to time. In changing environments, meeting different people, and facing new opportunities, I get to rethink the way I see myself. My husband and I recently had a conversation that honored a new way of being. I really needed to hear that. Sis, sometimes we don't know who we are or what we want until talking things through. If you're feeling like you need professional support these days, give BetterHelp a try. Talk therapy is a way to deepen self-awareness, identify values, and guide you towards self-discovery. So, how does it work? Easy. After filling out a brief online questionnaire, BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist that aligns with your goals. This counseling service was clearly designed with you in mind. It's convenient, flexible, and affordable. Consider this a self-inventory and discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Evolve today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Evolve. Tell them we sent you. How do you keep, because I feel like with ministry, there's a constant like signing up again, like re-enrollment. Wow. Every Sunday, like wow. <laughs> re-enrollment. Yeah. Every time you're having a staff meeting, like I'm going to re-enroll and do this. Wow. How do you continue to re-enroll and not allow fear, insecurity, doubt, whatever, to stand in the way, stress, betrayal? How do you keep that from um, making you withdraw? Like, how do you keep signing Man. up for this? Okay, so... Fear, um, deal with it, mm-hmm. still deal with it. Um, even anxiety, I deal with it. Um, there's moments where, you know, um, I, I'm very, I would say, I don't even want to throw this around, like, like, but it's real. Like OCD is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to throw that around to like sound disrespectful, but I truly think that's like a thing. I haven't gone to the doctor for it, but I'm like, why do I have to have every single thing in order? Um, therapists, you know, my lack of my lack of order growing up. Yeah. Now it control. helps me. Yeah. So I, I read a book, Control Freak. And mm-hmm. it's funny because I bought it thinking I was buying it to like learn how to deal with like a control freak in my life. And as I'm <laughs> reading it, I'm like, mirror. wait I'm a like, minute. Wow. <laughs> wow. The control freak. <laughs> Didn't know that. But it was like when I get keep things in order and like my laundry's folded perfectly and like everything's together, it's like I have, I have control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just with the organization, Leading, you know, lead pastors, mom, wife. There's a lot of days where I feel like I, I'm failing. I'm, if if one area is winning, then the other areas, I feel like I'm failing in it, yeah. and that's hard, you know. And I, 
you know, the, the reality is a lot of people say, like, there's no such thing as balance. I don't really fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think boundaries helps with balance. Like, for example, my cell phone. Like, I will work. It's a beautiful thing that we have everything in this device, but also there's no boundaries, so then it's dangerous. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what can I do to create a boundary? Because if I'm my alarm system or my, you know, emails are on this cell phone, like, but yet I need to talk to my sister. I, I can't get away from one thing or the other. So everything's here. So what I've done is at six o'clock, I have another phone. I put that one away. Mm-hmm. Now this is literally just for an emergency. So I've created a boundary. Um, it's stuff like that where I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and it's there. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever figure it out. It's like one day at a time asking God to help me. Um, my husband and I were about to go on a trip and get away because, but then I feel guilty leaving my kids. I don't know if you ever feel that. It's like a constant Sometimes, war. Sometimes, but when I am at home with my kids, like they really feel like they own me. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only one. That I, is yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So when I leave them, I'm like, yeah, they bye. didn't pay They didn't pay their mortgage this month. <laughs> I foreclosed. I'm out of here. And and I go away because I'm like, when I get back, you're going to be all over me for no reason. Yes. And so I I know that when time is all played out and yeah. they're adults that I would have been there more times than I wasn't. Yeah. And the time that we spent together would be so quality. And yeah. you know what else has helped? Um, my daughter's 13 and my youngest daughter's seven and they have little lives now, like play rehearsal, ballet mm-hmm. and volleyball and being able to help them see that doing the things that you love doesn't always mean that you get to be with the people you love, yeah. but it doesn't change that you love your people. Yeah. Um, whenever they're having their moments helps me to communicate because I'm leaving. Like mm-hmm. as soon as I get <laughs> a chance, as soon as I get a free week, I'm out of here. Your mom is going. Have on you ever airplane. told your children to leave you alone? Yes, make me feel better for sure. I'm always like, no, I'm always like, I'm like, I need but you they don't to leave, leave me but alone. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's the thing. No, but but you know, I have with my 13 year old, and she's like my little. Um, I don't know what she is. She's like a life coach basically now because I'm like, you know what? I haven't had any time to myself and I need a minute to just recalibrate and figure out who I am. And she's like, you know what, mom? You should take that time so that you know who you are because you can't be anything to anyone unless you're something to yourself. So she's like regurgitating words that she hears me say and I'm like closing the door like, you're so right. (laughs) And closing the door because that's truth. Yeah, that's truth. I am wondering... What woman in your life mm-hmm. has been the most influential in who you are today? I would say, um, gosh, that's a good question. Dang, Sarah, you got these good questions. I would say Peggy, mm-hmm. my therapist, my counselor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things that I think I've longed for, my husband has it, and we we have it. Um, is like a spiritual father. Yeah. Like he has that. I have so many, I usually hang out with older women. Yeah. Like that's always been a thing for me. Um, but I would say like, you know, being in this seat ministry, I don't know, it, it takes a, it takes a special type of person to be able to handle like, and I'm talking specifically my role, you know, um, a specific type of person. I'm kind. I'm. I've never considered myself guarded, but mm-hmm. I think the more each day passes, yeah. I'm a little bit more guarded. So, um, I'm an open book, but also not 
vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've discovered about myself recently is I'm like, I'll tell everyone my life, but not really. It's like, not, okay. How do you take a minute? That? Yeah. No, it's true. When I first started blogging, I was telling people my story and people were like, oh my gosh, you're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. I didn't think I was being vulnerable. I thought I was just telling my truth. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you say that because I feel like I could sense that though. Mm-hmm. Like she has heard her story enough and told her story enough that it doesn't cause her to flinch. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a world underneath mm-hmm. that story mm-hmm. that you're still, it seems like you're still visiting. Yeah. And that you are selective about like who has the passport to, yes. to come into that world. Well, I think it's also wisdom. Yeah, you for know? sure. I think it's wisdom of like who you allow to have access to those deep places. Because right. not, ever, not everyone can handle those deep places. Yeah. Once again, because maybe you're elevated over here or they have an expectation of you. And this whole like cancel culture, you know, world of like, if you do this or you don't live up to this or that, like you're out. Yeah. I I like to find my people who are almost like running in the same direction. They get this side of the story. They yeah. get this side of this world. They're like, oh, and it's like, we just get each other. And that's very, very few, right? So, I mean, I say it with my therapist because I told Robert, I said the other day, I said, oh yeah, I pay for my, I pay for my mentor gladly. Mm-hmm. I, the other day, two hours, I was laughing about it. I said, dang, I talked to Peggy for two hours and yeah. didn't even get to what I scheduled the meeting for, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Because there's just so much to process, so much to unpack. And so I, I'm, I'm going to be your friend, your best friend. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be there, show up. But I think, um, you know, reality is people do come and go. That's hard. Um, so I'm very limited. Even the other day I was in the kitchen, I was like, dang, babe, we don't even have friends. Yeah. <laughs> you may we, relate to that. I don't know if you do or not. We, my husband and I tell us, that, tell ourselves that story all the time, but it's really that we haven't positioned ourselves to be vulnerable enough to really maintain friendships. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like if we want to go to dinner with someone, sure. But like, do we have like, for like, oh my gosh, we're going through a hard time. Let's call someone and risk vulnerability. Heavens hey, no. no. Yeah. We'll talk to each other. We'll talk to the Lord. We'll figure it out. But I have learned that I think the secret sauce of Woman Evolve, the secret sauce, I think at this point of all of the things that I do is like, I have to tell the truth that makes my heart ache. That's what vulnerability is to me. When you tell the truth that makes your heart ache a little, that makes you feel a little too naked and maybe a pinch ashamed mm-hmm. and leading from that place, starting the message, talking to my husband, leading my team from that place has, I think, made them realize that I am more human than me telling them I'm human Mm -hmm. because um, they see their scars in my own. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the hardest part of how God has curated my brand, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think that the brand is really built on, at the end of the day, we know that up underneath that she's us. Mm -hmm. And... um, it keeps me it keeps me low in mm-hmm. the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not what I'm supposed to ask you. Okay, so Peggy's the woman. <laughs> Peggy, I know I think I'm getting a soft chair. Are our nails uh, matching? A little bit. Wait, we're matching. A little bit. Easter nails. There it is. That is crazy. Yours are better than mine. Um, what do you hope that Peggy knows about the role that she's played in your life? Oh man, she's literally transformed my life. I think, 
you know, see, you know, God uses and reveals himself in ways through people. Yeah. You know, he uses us, whether we like it or not. Um, and so wonderful counselor, that expression of wonderful counselor has been so beautiful to me. Cause like John four, you know, woman at the well, like that moment where he takes time and he goes and sits and have a conversation. Like he can, he could literally touch her from afar and never skip a beat. But yeah. like the fact that he's so intentional and he goes, sits and he waits and to look at her eye to eye. Right. And just process with her. Um, the way it literally in that, that moment, you know, she goes back and literally transforms the whole town because of this, this intimate conversation with Jesus. Yeah. And so I just see him there in that moment, wonderful counselor. And, and so to have her see every part of me and then speak that truth. Yeah. And there's nothing attached. I think there's nothing attached to it. There's no glory to that. Like right. no one knows who Peggy is. Like no one will ever see her face. But yet she's so willing to hold my hand and walk with me. Um, I can only imagine to me like the the reward that she has waiting on her in heaven because it's not just me, it's tons of people, right? I just think often it's hard to to figure out like um, people's, when they want to come alongside you, you kind of almost wonder the motive behind like, you know, okay, you want to help me, you want to hear my story, but like what's the motive behind it? Right. Dad, I sound like I don't trust people. I, I actually do trust people. <laughs> I promise I do. I'm like, oh, do I? I need to, I'm like, Peggy, if you're watching. <laughs> Chat soon. I need, yeah, next week, okay. Um, no, but it's like, I, I do. I feel like we live in a world where everything's in exchange. Mm-hmm. Like, dang, like I'm going to show up for you, but like, can you da, 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 connect, you know? And so I just feel like there's no glory to that. Mm. There's no glory to her sitting and walking me through hours and hours. I mean, 15 years yeah. of me literally being like, and then I did this, and then <laughs> he did that, and then she did. And it's like, but yet I have found so much freedom. Yeah, There's just no, you can't put a price on that, you know? So um, she's just this unseen hero that mm-hmm. I believe, like there's no telling what's waiting on her when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Hey, you know? come on somebody. That's beautiful. That's our whole story. We're finished. Yeah. Oh, we're finished? We're finished. Dang, do we go? Yeah. Dang, I love you. (laughs) We did it, Joe. We love an in-person connection. Taylor, thank you so much for your heart, your openness. Thank you for sharing so generously. This was such a good time. I loved how you offered our listeners so much hope and grace to counter those self-defeating behaviors. You have so much of my gratitude, love, admiration, and inspiration. I know that this blessed you all too. Let's get into it. Let's keep the good times rolling. I cannot wait to see how we grow together next week. Chat soon. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.